Hi, I'm Nigel Campbell, editor of Jazz in the Islands magazine, with another episode of Island Jazz Chat, a podcast featuring conversations with Caribbean jazz and pan-jazz musicians based in the islands and the diaspora. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Island Jazz Chat. Today we have the privilege of speaking to UK-based drummer, born in Guyana, raised in Trinidad, lives in the UK, number one go-to drummer, Richard Bailey. Welcome, Richard. How are you? Uh, thank you, man. I'm good. Thanks. Hanging yeah, yeah. in there. <laughs> Hanging in there as it was. Yeah, I've been I've been waiting a long time to have this conversation because I've recognized yourself as well as your brother, but more so you are a constant presence in the British recording scene. Um, I'm, you're very much aware of your work you've done with Jeff Beck and Steve Winwood currently, of course, going all the way back incognito. But I think some of the things that you did pioneering-wise, as far as I'm concerned, is Batty Mamzel, and of course your original work, and even some work that you did with Incognito and Citrus Sun. So let's have a conversation. Yeah. And also Breakfast Band, don't forget Breakfast Band. And Breakfast Band, band I apologize. Oh, yes, I, I did speak to Annie's Heidi that Annie's some, Heidi, some yeah, time ago. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't forget that. My apologies. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so let's start at the beginning. Now tell me about your start of your musical career. I know you were born in Ghana and you came back to Trinidad and went to England. But when did you start your yeah. musical career? Um. It's that started in Trinidad when I must have been, let me say about, you know, the actual year's age, I don't remember. It must have been about seven, eight. Mm-hmm. We lived on um, Victoria Avenue mm. in Trinidad by the Savannah there. Mm-hmm. And our house backed on to the Boothman's house who lived on Stanmore Avenue. Michael, David and Roger Boothman. Yeah, yeah, important right. family. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, we were, so, we were, so we were friends. I was friends with David. And then obviously when Robert was playing, he played with um, Rockefellers for a while. Mm. So so my first introduction to drum kits was in the um Boothman band room in Stanmore Avenue. Okay. Where um because well they used to rehearse there, they had all the equipment there. And it's my sister, my sister Joan. She got on the drums and played a beat, you know, played or something. So me being a precocious little boy, I said, Well, if she could do that, I could do that. <laughs> so I, I <laughs> I went on and I played the drums. And then it sort of started there. But then also, um, Robert then started group solo. Mm. So I used to play percussion. I used to play percussion and all, all, all the instruments. Were how old, you, how old were you at, when group solo started? Because I actually well, have again, a, I, I, a label. Eight, nine years. This eight, is all between years. seven, eight, ten, all around them. them areas. You're talking but about the, the 1960s, first, right? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. The first, my first actual performance, though, I remember was um, with David Boothman. We we had a band, and we did a show at the Queen's Hall. Mm. I don't know if we did the whole show, or if we did part of the show. I don't remember, but I know we we played that night. I know David would remember a lot more than I, he, he, he did mention something about <laughs> yeah, BBC no. Boothman Bailey combo. He actually told yeah, me yeah, that yeah, story, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 but you know, I, I was unaware of the ages. <laughs> that was a critical thing because, as I said, David had mentioned the BBC, the Boothman Bailey combo. So I know that was at your probably your start. What year did you yeah, move yeah, to, yeah. to England? I, th- I think it's, a, it's either 68 or 69. Again, I, I don't remember 
exactly. Life right? of a musician, boy. Right. Yeah, no, boy. Yeah, yeah, no, they, <laughs> but as I said, so, but uh, then also, um, I, I played quite a lot with this Robert on organ, mm. whereby mm-hmm. um, we, we did, um, I remember we played St. Augustine's Girl High School, we did a show there, we mm. played on TV, I forget the name of Hazel Ward and all them, which whatever that was called. 12 and, and you know, Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And we, so we, so uh, that was just organ and drums. And then also, as I said, I played a bit of percussion and also a couple of times I played one song with, um, with group solo on drums. I okay. remember playing Perseverance. Playing, was, I remember the song, Tell Mama. <laughs> song, funky song called Tell Mama. Perseverance you know, up so, in, do you have yeah, a, 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 a big festival? Like a, like a, I remember years ago, that Swamp Dog and it was like a massive event up in, in Perseverance. Yeah, yeah. Huge, huge event and thing. So well, in, big fets there. You know, yeah, massive events. Casanovas and group solo. All the group, yeah, all the combos yeah, yeah. that were existed in yeah. the 1960s and Trinidad. Yeah, so coming yeah, so. along the late 60s, you, you and your family migrated to England. Yeah, and um, so, part of the history I understand is you were an athlete, and then you said, "Athlete music, pick one." And I guess you opted for music. Yeah, well, obviously, while at school, you know, being in England, once I realized I was fast, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I did athletics. You know, they wouldn't let me do football; they wouldn't let me do anything. So I, I did athletics, and you know, ran for the school. Also, I used to train at um, the YMCA, so I used to run for the YMCA as well. Mm-hmm. So through through that, I I and um ran in the Southern England Championship, 15 to 17 age, and I won the, the 100 meters. Wow. I came, third, I came third in the 200, but I was 15, and some of those guys were 17. Mm. And I was up the night before clubbing. Well, not clubbing, but I went to see Osibisar. So I went some club until 4 or 5 in the morning. <laughs> so I wasn't, you know what I mean? Maybe if, if I was a bit fitter, I could have taken the 200 as well. Gotcha. So, yeah, but, but, once, but once I left school which I left early. I left at 15. You know, my parents, oh, no, you must stay on, you must go to uni and all that. Well, I said, I wanted to do music. So, mm-hmm. you know, I might as well leave at 15, which is what I did. And mm-hmm. I just got straight into music with a um, band called Oja, which was an Afro beat band similar to Osibisa with um, mm-hmm. Eddie Kwanza, trumpet mm-hmm. player who went on to play with Bob Marley as well with the horn section. And then also, well, obviously, Batty Mamzel around that time. Um, I'm, I'm seeing that the Batty Mamzel record came out in 1974 and Robert produced that record. Um, tell me about the origins of that band because it, I listened to it and it seemed like the kind of fusion that OCB so Let me just mention, Robert really was a founder of OCB, so one of the founding members. Yeah, yeah. World, pioneering world music band, African and Caribbean rhythms coming together. But um, Robert produced the Batty Mamzel record. How did that come about, that, com- that combination? Well, Robert, Robert's around the scene and, and we were all working together and we wanted someone who kind of was closer to the kind of music we're doing because obviously pan music. Well, Batty Mamzel was a mixture of pan, Caribbean and rock. The guitarist Winston, who was Trinidadian, but he had quite a rocky sound. So, so we needed someone who, you know, was, knew what he was doing or was familiar with that kind of music. And Robert's around. I mean, I, I, I didn't think we were so much Afro. As I said, it was a, it was a strange band, <laughs> you know, musically, because, as I say, it's quite rocky, mm. yeah, you know, and, and then with vocals, kind of soulful vocals, and then three pans. We had three pans in the band, mm-hmm. two tenors, guitar, you know what I mean? So...
So what did the earliest like examples of kind of steel pan fusion? Because in the 70s, yeah, 74. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not I thinking know, about what, so. what existed here in Trinidad. I, I famously yeah. remember an album that Boogsy Sharp did with, again, Robert producing. Yeah. Oh, let's call it the Purple Album. And even some of the work that Annie did, that didn't happen until the 80s, yeah, if not no, later. That was later. Well, I was 79. The one, yeah. if you talk, the one thing I'm talking with now, Boogsy, mm-hmm. was 79, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, as I said, we had bands before that in, in London, but we didn't do much, you know, like with Miguel. I used to play a lot with Miguel, Marada's mm-hmm. band player. Mm-hmm. So um, so even before Batty Mamsel, we had bands, you know, that, that we played in, but some of them were more like you know, you just do parties and things, you know, mm. so different thing. We never never really started doing clubs and, and stuff like that, you know. So, you know, in, in all, all music's a progression, you know, it, it kind of grows and goes its natural way, you know, mm. so. How how easy it was, how, how easy or how difficult was it to get a label to take you up and actually make the record? Because as you said, you played gigs, but to make a record yeah, well, seems to be a big step. That, that that was difficult. Well, again, um, my father was manager at the time. He was managing the band. Mm-hmm. So with his name, he had contacts. He could get into the BBC. He could get into to places easier than maybe other people. Gotcha. So so we had that. So we we we, we had a deal with um with Essex Music Club, you know, um this label, and 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 we did the album. And we and we also did. We were working a lot. We we, we played a uh, um we used to play up and down the country. We used to play all the universities, the university circuit. You know, it was a working band. In those days, you know, we rehearsed before we gig. We rehearsed like six weeks every day. <laughs> you know, serious now, thing. Now, mm. Yeah, yes, yeah, every day, like a job, nine to five, man, six days a week. You know, I mean, you're rehearsing before you go and gig. Nowadays, you do a gig, you know, you're lucky to get a day's rehearsal. You, you do it at sound check. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Trust me, <laughs> you know? I have experienced yeah, that yeah, in yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, all over, people call you to work and, and you say, well, any rehearsal? Say, oh, no, no, we'll do it at sound check. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It doesn't have the audience yeah, experience, but no, I, no, do exactly, I do understand exactly, what is happening there. You can't beat a band that has been playing together and has a vibe and, and gigging. You know, it's, a, it's a different experience. You know, so. Got you. Yeah. Around that same time in 74, you also joined this band, Gonzalez. I remember the name. Yeah, yeah. I did not know they were a British band. For some reason, I just thought they were a, an American, a kind of international band. Yeah, uh, yeah. Gonzalez, how did that come about? Well... Again, you say join the band. <laughs> that yeah. that band ha- was a rotation of musicians. Basically, mm-hmm. what it was is run. It was run by um the sax player Mickey Hughes, mm-hmm. you know. And um, but basically, what it was it it was like the the um busy session players of the time in London, like horn players, rhythm sex player. So so there were like three, four bass players, mm. two, three drummers that they could call. You so know, a, a section, outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so obviously they had some which were there more than others. You know, I did, I did quite a bit. I recorded quite a bit. But you know, I, I was, I was never like you in the band sort of thing. It's just I was around you gigs. You know, they used to do a lot of live gigs and stuff. It, it's very interesting. But as I said, it was they had many musicians that they could call from, many drummers, many bass players, many home players that were part of Gonzalez.
it's that kind of band, you know. Gotcha. I know you so. did two um you did two albums with them and this was as I said back in the seventies you were doing this. Yeah, thing. yeah. Famously, what I understand is and the thing that also amazes me, you how young you were. You worked with Johnny Nash. Yeah, yeah. You worked with Bob Marley in the early yeah, days. Yeah, well, that, that was at the, that was at the same time because they they were together. When mm-hmm. um Johnny Nash and Bob Marley were actually in Sweden, they were writing music together and working on a film. But then Johnny Nash had um I can see clearly out and he was mm-hmm. putting a band together. Mm-hmm. So um and also well Rebop, I have to mention Rebop Kwakuba, who was a Congo plague from Ghana. He played with um with Steve Winwood a lot as well. But anyhow, he was also in Sweden with Johnny mm-hmm. Nash and, and Bob Marley. And he recommended me to Johnny Nash to be in the band. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is all around the same time, a little after Batty Mamda, so I was still like 16, 17. 16, this is what I, this so, is what yeah, I heard. Yeah, you you yeah. weren't even an, a legal adult. And yeah, you no, had no, these no, major gigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so then, so yeah, so I was part of that band of which, as I said, um, Bob Marley was... In with Johnny, living with him, working with him. So he he was, you know, when we were doing shows, he would do two, three songs within the show. And then we also recorded with him, you know, quite a bit because you, in those days, you just, they just booked the studio in the night, you go and record it. Johnny, it was Bob, you just, you know, all night session. All night session. Cheap, cheap, cheap studio rate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that. You're going at one o'clock, yeah, yeah. come out when yeah, sunrise. Yeah. Come on, yeah. You have a probably exactly. a, a whole yeah. album completed. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that came. So that that was for about a year, just year, year and a half, two years. We um, we played mainly England, and then we did a tour of America, and then and then that was it. Then then I left the band. Mm. Can I ask yeah. you what what or, or year that. what year did you do Blow by Blow with Jeff Beck? Again, it's all, it has to be around. It's it's, uh, it's all around the same seventy four because that came out in seventy five, I think. So it's either seventy five, seventy four, all mm-hmm. all around that. And you see all that. If I, for example. If I stayed on at school, I wouldn't have done any of that. If I did athletics and stayed, I wouldn't have done all those things because I did all those things before I was 17, 18. Mm-hmm. You know, Bob Marley, Blow by Blow, all that. So, yeah, I was just thinking about so, that because um, Blue, Blue by Blow is one of those kind of iconic rock albums and your contributions that were significant. I think you probably did you write a song on that album? Yeah, part, part of the song on one of it. That, that that album, I mean, I don't know, maybe it still is, but it's, it's been used in um, a lot of um, music schools and education as reference to, mm-hmm. to um, drumming, jazz drumming, as some tracks with Incognito, they, that's mm-hmm. been used as well in schools and they as a reference to, to funky drumming or R&B, whatever, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, so people, many people have told me when I'm traveling, so, oh yeah, I studied your plane on this and that. So, all right, wow. <laughs> that's good to hear. <laughs> Well, thinking yeah, about no. it, since you, as you said, you left school very early and then you basically started to work in, in, mm-hmm. in bands. Did you ever do formal training in music? 
No, no. All self-trained. Ev- everything is self-taught and mm. learned from. Well, obviously, first hearing drummers in Trinidad like Maggie, who played with Am um, Rockefellers, mm. with drummer then Puji with Casson um group solo, mm. and well, I'm um, Errol Wise, people like that, and then I'm um, playing with and being around people like Robert Bailey, um, Andre Tanker. You know, you learn by being with good musicians. So, right. you know, and, and you, you play wrong stuff, they tell you. You're slowing down, you speed up, they tell you. Mm. <laughs> you you're know, Russian so, or you're so, dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so it's, um, it's not it's not formal, mm. but you learn it from the people you're working with and playing with. And then, well, the actual drumming stuff, I'm self-taught. Never, mm. never had any lessons. Anything, so. It's amazing because, yeah. I, as I said, as a self-taught drummer, at 16, getting to gig, getting to perform, getting to record... And Jeff Buck was was a big noise, as far as I understand, yeah, in the yeah, English yeah, music yeah, no, scene. No, no, and he no. says, yes, let's take this guy. 16 yeah, years yeah, old, he was a good yeah. drummer. So kudos to you and congrats to you. Um, so well, that, 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 that's the power of um, of having um, rhythm as a background, like coming from Trinidad. Ah, because, you know, I, I, I wasn't too heavy onto the rudiment side, the technical side of drumming. You know, even at that age, even on Blow by Blow, my rudimentary playing was very limited, mm-hmm. basic. Mm-hmm. But having... Um, Having a depth in different rhythms, calypso, you know, um, shango, listening, and you know, just in Trinidad, you you heard so many different types of music, you know, Tamla Motown, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Latin. So so it's a it's a good grounding for playing. Whereas a lot of drummers, they they can sit down and do a lot of roles and things, but they can't play rhythms. They can't, which you need to play songs, you know. So, mm-hmm. so I think that musical. was a good grounding. Yeah, yeah, it's not musical. They don't have the the grooves, you know. So I also know that. Well, as you said earlier, you you were part of the scene there in London that included African musicians. So I'm thinking that you mm-hmm. probably got some influence from them as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because again, mm-hmm. when Osibasa was playing, even before I left school, I used to be going to a lot of their shows and gigs and, and hearing them play. And I'm then playing with them, Wendell, you know, the guitarist, he would have mm-hmm. me playing, you know, recording and stuff with them. I remember recording with um, Mac Tonto, the trumpet player in the studio. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You wow. know, because... Little kid, you know, on drums. Well, I could keep time, so that that's what all was needed. You keep time. Keep time. That's all you have to do. Keep time. Yeah, keep time. <laughs> that's what it is, right? So, as you said, you already started your recording career in the seventies in England, Batty Mamzel, Gonzalez, and some other bands there. But you importantly formed a band called the Breakfast Band. I know with Andy yeah, Sandy, yeah. I think Winston Delandro. You have to correct me. Yeah, yeah, Winston Delandro. Yeah, yeah. And uh, was it a bunch of West Indians who live in England? Is who formed that band? Am I correct in saying that? Well, it, it was a mixture a because mixture. English as well. The, the bass player was Japanese. Okay, all right. So, so it was a mixture, mix, mixture. So, yeah. tell me about that first um, Breakfast Band um, collective. Dolphin Ride was the album. How did that whole yeah, yeah. thing come around? Well, again, like like um, Batty Mamzel, it it ended up with that lineup and that thing. But even before that, the various incarnations, different musicians in and out. Because that's how things start. You start rehearsing, you're just playing, and then some people stay along, some people drop out. Then, you know, then finally it came to that. And the way we used to write, when we um, settled with that sort of lineup, seven pieces, um, we would just jam. Mm-hmm. We would just jam for hours, record it all. But then when you listen back to the jam, you'd find songs within the jam. Mm. So you'd listen back to the jam, and out of the jam, you might get two or three songs where you say, oh, that there, those ideas, there, that work, and you take that and make that into a song. And oh. so that's how we created that. So but as I said, of, it was... A kind of collective it, composition. Yeah, yeah, it was a collective, collective. And as I said, again, the band was mixed because well, we had Annie's and myself 
from Trinidad and um, Winston. The sax player was English. The bass player was Japanese. The keyboard player was English as well. And he had more classical, you mm. know, kind of rock backing. Mm. So, so again, we blended all that up and put it together. And for me, um, that kind of came out of, because you said I was doing a lot of sessions. I mean, there's, there's sessions that were known, Jeff Beck, blah, 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 the, the, which were, but they're also when you're doing that, I was doing a hell of a lot of sessions whereby, you know, you're doing jingles, you know, mm. you turn up to a studio to do a 30 second jingle for some radio ad, you know, you're doing a rock thing, you're doing a this, then they want you to play like this and they want you to sound. And that, it, it made me realize it's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm. well, you, be a, you did not want to be a session musician. Is that what I'm no, understanding? No, 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 exactly. And and again, because I didn't read music, you know, when I play music, you put your soul into it, you listen, you learn the shit, you get into it. So I just saw, man, I, I, I began, I just didn't enjoy it. I did, I stopped. So I kind of pulled out, stopped doing sessions, refused that. And then this is where breakfast band like that come right. Let's do our own stuff, create our own band music. Mm. So that was a part of how Breakfast Band came about as well. Is mm. us wanting to to put a, um put something new down, you know, and again using the pan again, mm. you know, with the phenomenal player that Anis is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
we, we, as I said, we did speak before, admittedly, and, and mm-hmm. obviously I know that connection that you and him have. Another name yeah, of yeah. another English musician that I spoke to was Cameron Pear, Dominican yeah, guitarist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but because he was also telling me about the idea of, you know, get a session, they call it tonight, to come tomorrow to do a session. And they sometimes want you to read the music, right? And I, th- yeah, and yeah. I think just like you, re- he wasn't a fast reader. So that yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. He, he kind of lost out on some particular um, gigs so that the British music industry... In a sense, it's like the American, you, they have, it's like a machine. You have a yeah, list of yeah, musicians. Yeah. Okay, we need two drummers to come and cut this mm. gig or to cut this track. Yeah, da, yeah. Da, da. And it's a fast thing. So as you rightly said, you may get the gig tonight and have no rehearsals, which I guess yeah, is not yeah, part of yeah, your yeah. DNA. <laughs> you no, have no. To... Well, not, nothing like I mean, And it's also clicky as well. You, you find, mm. I mean, it was always like that in there, but even more so now, the musicians come out, they go to college. So certain colleges of music and certain things, they stick together. Or you come out of a certain orchestra, the National Youth Jazz Orchestra, the, then you get the work, you play with the people. I mean, I'm not saying that's wrong, but th- th- that's how it works. You know, they, mm. they, they stick together. They, they know what they're getting. You know, gotcha. they know their team, they know, you know, so. And I'm, I was never part of that anyhow, you know. Girl, mm. You know. So you, all, you make... all the stuff I did is word of mouth and recommendation. People, they play with me and they say, yeah, I'll be good for this or that. And, you know, so you meet mm. the right people. You know, so. Important, yeah, because, well, word of yeah, mouth yeah. is good. But I think yeah, you also yeah, had, yeah. well, as far as I'm seeing, you had you had proof. You had two albums well, with, yeah, with yeah, um, Breakfast yeah, Band yeah. and you already had Bati Mamzel and Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. So you had... Your credits were, were building yeah, up yeah, certainly yeah, and thing yeah, and yeah. information. I always have to come back to blow mm. by blow yeah, because yeah, it yeah. is one of those major <laughs> albums in the UK music system and thing, mm. right? Um, famously, so you had done a couple albums with um, Breakfast Band. It's Breakfast Band. You said it's a kind of rotating thing, and I think I did see that there was a kind of a reunion. I mean, musicians obviously get older, but it's not like they can yeah. stop playing. Is the band yeah. still active? Are you still with those guys doing gigs, if anything? Um, no, 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 not at the moment, no. Well, mainly because Annie's um, lives in Trinidad most of the time. So <laughs> I had to call him in England. So, I, I yeah, know he's yeah, here yeah. now, but well, well, he's there. well, well, you, he, he does a double in, in the winter. He's there, but in the summer ah. he comes up. <laughs> ah, ah, so Kuma, Kuma is busy, and and and, and mm. people, the sax player again. He he lives in the country here, so mm. we could do gig. But some, you know, as you said, some people a bit older. Kuma's mm. had a few problems, so. But, right. I mean, we we did it a few years ago, and mm-hmm. also it's hard to to uh, you know in, in instrumental music to play music. You know now every, everything is you know pop. You know you go people they don't even turn up with a band, they turn up with a playback tape and yeah. say, yeah. instrumental <laughs> karaoke is going. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, seen that. Exactly. Yeah, no. A guitarist so, will come plug in a computer and he lots lots orchestration, yeah. and all he's yeah, doing is playing yeah. load and expect me to pay for that. Yeah, yeah. Do start, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do start, <yeah. laughs> As I said, you yeah, as so. a dream. Of Obviously, um, sitting in the 80s, you were part of that music scene. You had already had, you know, kind of got your foot wet mm-hmm. as it was with some major players. I know you were doing sessions and recording with Steel Pulse, um, Steve Winwood, Johnny Nash, Basha, an artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snowy White, Billy Ocean. Who is Snowy White? That name come, came a couple of times in your... Snowy history. White, well, again, Snowy White. I know Snowy White and Robert mm. had a band together when, again, even before I left school. Oh. Called Valhalla, oh. right? A rock band, and but then Snowy went on to play with um, Thin Lizzy, the rock band. Oh, the Thin rock Lizzie. band, yeah, the yeah, 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 he, lead. yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. He's with Thin Lizzy, and then for the last years, he also played a lot with um, with um, Pink Floyd, basically Roger wow. Waters. So um, <laughs> so 
And at any well, he did have lots of other stuff with his own band. So, but mm. a lot of his solo recording, he had a hit single, Bird of Paradise. I played on that mm. um, with his album, you know, his first solo album. And so, so, mm. so I've known him since, since, since I was like a very, teenager. It is. Yeah, yeah. But then I also recorded a lot of his solo project and, and also toured with him quite a Yeah. Bit. I did see his name pop up on that kind of, that, that discogs resume. Um, so you already now told us untrained at least unacademically trained but understanding what rhythm is from Trinidad from the yeah. Africans that you met there playing everything from rock to reggae mm-hmm. to funk jazz funk mm-hmm. soul music and thing and um, I think it was 1989 you released your first solo album Fire Dance yeah, yeah. tell me about Fire Dance how it came about where... who was playing did you play pan and fire dance? Because I know you play pan and yeah, second yeah. album. I, I, I played pan. I mean, I've been playing pan quite a while, but not like I'm playing it now. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm playing more now. No, no, because again, pan is a thing. I, I played it, but basically, I'll just play a melody, mm. and that, and I didn't really know anything. I didn't know the chords. I didn't know anything. I couldn't really mm. solo or improvise. But although I tried, you know, you try okay. a little thing, but mm. I had no idea what was going on. And for many years, it was like that. I had the pan. I'll just play melodies and never. Mm. You know, but recently, um, the last two, three years, I, I decided, no, 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 after. So I, I plucked up courage to go down to some jams and start trying to play, um, mm. you know, whatever they play in blues, jazz, calypso, and just learn mm. a few songs. So, so I said, a few years I've been, so I, I call myself a player now, a bit. You're a, you're you a know, player. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
starting yeah. bigger than Sale, but at least I'm playing, you know. Yeah, as as you so, say, you're a player. I, I mentioned to Annie is about this term about a panist, which is what yeah, we yeah. kind of call a pan player. And he said, "Hello, do you ever call me a panist?" Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Mean, he doesn't like that too. <laughs> I mean, like I, that I, too. I'm, I'm not. I'm not fast. I don't. Think, you know, <laughs> yeah, because I, say, I just like the instrument I'm beginning. Yeah, so anyhow, so fire dance again as a drummer. You know, you're playing, you're doing stuff. So it's, it's just it's always good to get your own ideas down. So um. And, you know, all the musicians around, you know, keyboard players, guitarists, they're all very helpful mm. in, in playing and helping helping you write and put it together. Mm. So I, I just did it. And again, I got, I got a deal, a record deal. So it helped and an arts grant to, mm. to actually um, pay people and do everything. So, so, mm. so it was nice. Is, is, as you just said, arts grant that is something that well, is unheard of here in Trinidad because, yeah, yeah, we, we, as a policy, the government wanted to create arts and arts a grant given institution, I would call them the um, the art given grants, but it never came to pass. So that you know, yeah, people yeah. have to basically literally be independent <coughs> artists, pay their own way, pay for everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, being in that environment, of course, is, is an added advantage. Um, so Fire Dance was your first album, as I said, I think about 2007, you released his second album, Shantium. Yeah, yeah. Covering a wide range of rhythms. I mean, I remember there was literally a kind of Indian Tassayish rhythm that you can yeah, yeah. songs there. Well, I draw, I draw, I tend to draw on, on rhythms from Trinidad and around the world, which, which mm-hmm. I like, you know, to create some. Again, that, that album was, um, completely different, Shantium mm-hmm. to Fire Dance, in the sense that Fire Dance was done in, um, how can I say, in a short span of time with, mm-hmm. with musicians in a studio, blah, blah, blah. Where Shantium was done over a long period of time because oh. um, I, I had a studio for quite a while, quite a few years, mm-hmm. and we record. And also the, all the engineering on there is is done by me. 
Mm. Some of the mixes done by me, which again, I'm I'm not I'm not a trained engineer, I'm not a trained anything, but you know, you have a studio, you just do it. So mm. I mean obviously I got it's all mastered professionally and, and mixed professionally, but but the actual recordings and all that is just what I did in my studio. Mm. And as I said, over a long period of time. So so which which is um for me it's different. You know, when things focus on one time it's more concentrated. You know, so over a period of time, you have different musicians, different types of music, you know, but, but again, it's just something you need to, to put your music out, you know, so. I've always, you know, thought because... I, I've always been a fan of original music and musicians who create this kind of fusion music, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing their own stuff and putting it out there for the marketplace to test it. Yeah, yeah, yeah the thing is, it's, it's so hard to do because I said it to, to get back in for it and and but the thing is what makes it enjoyable is like I, I, I now I play, I, I do a few gigs here and there, not many you know, few few a year. And the feedback, what makes it worthwhile is the feedback you get from the crowd when it comes, oh, wow, I really love the music and thing. But to do that is so much hard work. And then to actually get paid for it, <laughs> you know, it's difficult. Like you could go and play a, a wedding or a function and pick up four or 500 pounds, no problem. Mm. You know what I mean? But to actually go and play music that people love and enjoy, you can't get paid <laughs> mm. <laughs> because it's original. Yeah. Know? So building, you know, so so building a, a loyal so, fan base takes yeah, yeah. a lot of time and work and you, money, obviously. A lot of time and you, and, and you have to be committed to doing that all the time, you see, mm. so... I could just yeah, but that. it's still worth it. That's why we just do it. That's why, you know, you know, just keep doing music, you know. So mm. keep playing.
this was, as I said, well, Fire, Fire Dance and Shantium were your records, your solo records. Do you have any plans for doing more albums, if not singles? Well, again, uh, the material is there. I've got plenty of material, some recorded, some, you know, mm. they need maybe a few overdubs and mixes. But again, to put it out, you know, CDs, is it worth it? You know, you put out people streaming, they don't want to pay for anything, which I'm thinking maybe just put out one song at a time, you know, just do it and get Singles. a vibe like that. Mm. You know, and, unless unless I, I, I'm committed to doing gigs where I might do some vinyl and stuff and just sell on the gigs. Because to sell any other way is very difficult. You know, mm-hmm. as I say, people stream, they do that, but then you don't make any money. Micro you know, streaming. Somebody had said, you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's really not worth it. So, so, to, you know, you, you don't feel like, oh, yeah, I've got to get a CD out. <laughs> you know? Because, you know. Cameron Peer literally said the same thing. He actually was in the process of recording an album's worth of music. And just as you said, because he recognized the environment, now streaming doesn't, recom- doesn't repay the artist. Yeah, yeah. He literally stopped. So he has an album yeah, yeah. recorded and mixed yeah, for yeah. all I know. And I, 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 so I, I'm, I'm a very much aware of the difficulties of jazz musicians who are not on a label, who are yeah, independent yeah. artists to, you know, to finance and fund and distribute their records at, at present. Now, as I said, the thing that struck me was something that you said that you got an arts grant for doing Fire Dance, I believe it was, mm-hmm. so that I just wondered if there were any possibilities because audiences outside of the UK, certainly audiences here in Trinidad, are keen to hear original yeah, music yeah, from yeah. artists such as yourself, right? And aside from Chantal Ezel, who we all know, who had the little uh, intimate sessions in her house, in her, in her home studio, a Richard Bailey show, I, uh, it's not that there's no desire for having it, but because we don't have the records to kind of do the pre-marketing, I, I just wonder if, if we we're in a situation where, well, you're not making money, so you're not put on another record. And because we don't know who you are, we're not going to support you live. And that circle goes around and around and so that basically the music stalls. It's, it's, it's one of those kind of sad realities of the modern music industry. As I said, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's, what, it's what it is because it's not, it's not only jazz, jazz musicians. I mean, I, I know major artists, rock artists have been where they, they, they're well known, they're established, even mm-hmm. with a label. And, and they still can't, won't be bothered to put a CD out. Wow. You know, because it's it's just it's just not the climate. You know, the whole climate has changed. Like people put a, a lot of the all the new stars now, all reality stars. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they come out of TV shows. They yeah. come out, you know, British they, Idol, American say, yeah, Idol, yeah, 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 they, they sing, they want this singing, this that. You know, mm. I'm, I'm not saying they're not good. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying that's what it is. You know, yeah, yeah. and you know, so so to to compete with that, well, you can't. You know, I mean, as you said, if, if you're a working band and you build up a fan base, if, if you're good with um with IT and, and promoting on Instagram and TikTok and all mm. that, then there's people successful with that as well. But again, I can't get into that. I'm aware of it, but it's it's not for me. You mm. know what I mean? So, so, so basically, you know, in, in your way, you just keep on publishing. And then you can, yeah, there's art grants again, but even that in itself is... um. It's, it's like you got to know what you're doing, filling out forms and approaching the right people. That, that in itself is a job, of, you know, just mm-hmm. looking into grants, you know. So, mm-hmm. I, I know I, I know a musician who lives in the States and he's been successful in getting grants and writing grant applications and yeah, getting grants yeah, yeah. to make records. So that I know that in certainly in, I would call it niche music, such as what you do yeah, on yeah. your own, um, it's not necessarily, uh, we're not going to sell a million records. But um, and it's necessary to get funding for creating those records. But if the if the process of 
getting the job done just to get the money is so time consuming and like a steep hill to climb probably yeah yeah that's on that it mm. it is for some you know you have to know and how to do it you know exactly mm. how to otherwise you get nowhere mm. you know and and the main thing for me is um i i can record yeah because you know musician people they, they you don't even need to pay them you know that's how musicians are we friends people play they do it blah blah you sell whatever but it's nice to to pay people if you're doing something right yeah. this is a crap you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. rather than everything is friends yeah yeah record you know because you pay for the, even the studios you know people do you favors yeah you can have a studio for a day or two no problem you know but it it's nice to to pay people and and as i said to do that then all is going to happen is you get a few streams and and thing and you know <laughs> it's it's disheartening you think well it's not worth it that's mm-hmm. why when we do the few little live gigs we do it's, it's such such an a buzz you know mm-hmm. <laughs> actually have people there direct contact you know yeah and, yeah you know, i guess yeah. i see more the kind of modern well that's the the new music industry it's about yeah, yeah. likes and follows and that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff yeah, whereas exactly, exactly. listening to the music that is created becomes a, almost a task it's yeah, what it yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. The music industry now in the twenty first century has changed certainly from what it was in the seventies when you had started, and of course building your success and your your credits going along the line through the eighties and into the nineties. Um, one of the important collaborations, at least for me as a music fan, that I know that you had was with Blue Monic and his band Incognito. My name is Bluey. You've been listening to Richard Bailey. Yep, yep. And that, I mean, I, you did a number of albums with them, live or otherwise. I mean, some really, really great stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, as far as I'm concerned, music hit records. Yep. And I think there was also the subsidiary group that was created called Citra Sun. Citra but, Sun, yeah. But yeah. take me back to that. Um, again, I'm assuming it's recommendations. Would I'm out. How did you hook up with Bluey and how did the incognito game? Right. That. Well, I'll give you the whole story. And this is his story. As oh, his well story. as my story. Right. right. Well, this is the story he gives me. Gotcha. So anyhow, so in 92, you know, he called me up and asked me to, he wanted me to just do a tour. Um, I think it was Japan and um, Europe. So mm-hmm. maybe about three weeks worth of work, he wanted yes. me to join the band. So just to do that. So I did that. But then I ended up being in the band for about 15 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> from from that three weeks, it was 15 years. I, stayed, yeah. I was there continuous, apart from three months when my daughter was born, Tanya. I, mm-hmm. I, I came off the road for that time. But anyhow, but his story was that he used to come and, before he had incognito, he used to come and watch me playing with, um, in, um, with Gonzalez. Ah. And and all these other bands. And his dream was always to have a band with me in it on drums. Ooh. So 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 that was his dream. So he he did it. He got me there. This is what he used to tell me. And that's how he used to introduce me on the gig <laughs> and all that. So um so yeah, so that was it. You know, again, he, he knew my playing from hearing me about and playing with different people. And then well also a breakfast band and um incognito. We are from the same era in like nineteen eighties. Early mm-hmm. 1980, 81, the mm-hmm. beginning of what they call acid jazz, jazz funk. Yes. Mm-hmm. We were playing the same sort of venues, breakfast band, incognito. Mm-hmm. So he's aware of me from that. And then, as I say, even from before that with Gonzalez and all that. So, as I say, yeah, he asked me to do Japan and Europe. And then I ended up being in the band for like 15, 15 years. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a number of so, albums. Yeah, I, yeah. I think, I think I completed five or six. I can't, it could be more than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite my more than, yeah, mm-hmm. live, in, live in Tokyo. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, yeah. 
But um, <clears throat> the thing that struck me, and I, I remember I was living in the States at the time, and I remember going, they used to have these second-hand record stores. We could get CDs for like $3 as opposed yeah, yeah, to $1. Yeah, yeah. Cheap Nigel wanted some CDs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the other thing was because they were not like super, super hits, they'd probably just get rid yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. at, at yeah. that section. And I picked and up this album. Yeah, I picked up this album called Citrus Sun, Another Time, Another Place. I always remember the name. And I'm flipped it over, and I saw your name, Richard Bailey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is another, um, this is another blue project, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it seemed kind of prominent in the photograph, right? But in my mm. mind, and I say, oh, yeah, yeah, Richard yeah. Bailey has a band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't remember that. I must take a look. I don't remember that. <laughs> it, it was just, it was just something. There was I just kind of all, everybody, yeah, all yeah. the members of the band are crossing each other, and they just right, took the right, photograph. And but for some reason, I recognize you, and I say, oh, look, Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, do you remember why? He, why Bluey decided to create Citrus Sun and include you and some other incognito well, members? Again, it's 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 um it's like a side band because incognito has its sound with the vocals. Mm. Um, originally it's, Citrus it's Sun that. is more instrumental. Mm. That, that that's the idea. So mm. basically, whoever the rhythm section is with incognito at the time, they mm. will be in Citrus Sun. So like right now, whoever the the rhythm section right now in the band, they also do Citrus mm. Sun. So it's just like. You know, having a, a cool band, a different band, okay. but a different different outlet of music. You know? right. Did so um, it's more more as I say, more it's more instrumental, more jazz, more solos. Not that they don't have that in incognito, but incognito mm-hmm. is also the vocal side. You know, three four vocalists as well. Yeah. So. How many albums yeah. you did with um, Citrus and the, just the one? Just the one, I think. Yeah, just the mm-hmm. one. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. um, and I only discovered this today. Because one of the the songs is one of your compositions, Tanya's. I want to say, yeah, name. yeah. And you yeah, yeah, you just that's mentioned that Tanya's your daughter. That's so that's daughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You How cool is that? <laughs> I just discovered that Tanya. Oh, that's what yeah, Tanya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
Yeah, and in terms of yeah. compositions, are you a prolific comp- composer or are you just a, a group um, master? Not not a prolific. Um, you know, we we all hear music. You know, mm-hmm. as, as a drummer, you hear different things. You know, um, I, I'm I could say in, I've always heard grooves, but I would come more from the bass line rather than the melody. I'm definitely not into lyrics. I, I don't listen to lyrics. I'm not into you know. Mm-hmm. I'm more I'm more as you say a groove person. So I'd come with the bass line, rhythms and thing, and then add melodies. But again, since I'm since now playing pan, that has opened me up to more. Now I can come from a melodic side and mm-hmm. and rhythmic side. Because pan, you're playing sticks, you got the mess, but I've also got the notes. So it's opened me up again for different. But the thing with songwriting, like anything else, is how much you do of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, like many artists, I got loads of songs, ideas, but they're ideas unless you finish them, <laughs> unless you finish them and record finish them the or perform yeah. them. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're just ideas. Mm. So, so I'm a songwriter, but not prolific. So prolific is someone who sits down and they write songs, they pen songs, and they put yeah. them out. You know. So. But do you have a lot of recorded ideas? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh. Me personally, also even the Breakfast Band, we have we have lots of stuff, even fairly advanced recording of stuff which was never released. You know, good mm. good stuff. You know, so time for a box yeah, yeah. compilation yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, unreleased yeah, music from Breakfast but Band. Again, you know, again because it's all the old recording system tapes. Some of them you can't mix it because the tapes are damaged. Or this, or, mm. you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? So. But as you said, you're re-recording. You re-recorded my arrow from your first album. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's not an yeah. impossibility to, to no, capitalize no, no, no. on those ideas. But some, especially the Breakfast Band, to re-record it would be a you're losing the whole vibe of what we had. Mm. You know what I mean? Because the way we recorded the lineup was a particular vibe. You know, yeah, the song, the material is good, but it would be different. It'd be different. You know. So. Um, as you said, how groove is your thing? Of course, now that you're playing pan, of course you understand melody, but having that mm. groove and that rhythm. And listening is one of those things that, in, in the Trinidad context, is the other way where that I know you is being a drummer for steel bands, right? Yeah, yeah. Hundred piece steel band, and there's an engine room, and at the yeah, top of yeah. that throne is the drummer and mm-hmm. Iron Man and Congas and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. How did you get into that? I mean, I know that you played Phase Two Pan Group with Booksy Sharp. Um, yeah, yeah. You approached him. He approached you. What was that connection? No, well, well. Phase two is basic, basically family for me because Selwyn Tarradat was my first cousin. He was oh, a founder right. member. He's a founder member, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the band um, started in the house where I grew up as a kid, thirteen Hamilton Street, in the back oh. in the in the yard. There, they actually started there. Mm. So although I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Is my band, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> I, not, yeah. not that I was part of it, but mm-hmm. um. So I think in '76. At uh, 76, I was back in Trinidad for four years. So I'd be down. I didn't play, but I was mm. down the yard. That's mm. my home. Uh, that's where I was staying, Hamilton Street. So I was with the band hanging. I jammed with them, no problem. And then and then I came back in 79. But that year, they asked me to play. Mm. I don't I don't know why. I don't know who. But anyhow, that, that year, they asked me to play. And, and that's the first time I played. It was 1979. But the panorama didn't go through. It was canceled after the um, preliminary round. Yeah, there was so some whatever they had some, protests, some boycott yeah. or some boycott, or yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Despots so, was the um, one who crossed the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, but I mean, that was my first experience. Panorama it was 1979 for prelims mm-hmm. in the Savannah. In those days, prelims was in the Savannah. In the Savannah, yes. So, yeah, true. yeah. So, so we played that. But then it was also at that time because in those days when I came back, I used to come back for like four months, not not. Mm. Two weeks I I was there for four months. Yeah. So um we were gigging, we were gigging in I can't remember the name, but Abercrombie Street, um Rose Royce. Rose um Rose Rice, uh, I think was the name. All, yeah. 
clubs. Yeah, yeah. Club, various clubs mm-hmm. kicking around um, doing fets, you know, and playing with them, which is how um, and then Boogsy wrote those songs for that album you're talking about. Yeah, the Purple album, right? I call it. Yes, the I think it's called Phase yeah. Two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Phase Two presents Boogsy mm-hmm. Shop, Len yeah. Boogsy Shop. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so so again, that was the time I was there jamming all the time and in the yard and, and on those jams and gigs. And then, so I, again, I did all that album and we did it down at Shark, mm-hmm. you know, and then. F- from then on, again, so I played 79, but then I didn't come back again. The next time was 84. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I don't know the, whether that they must have called me and asked me to come and play. So I, I came down in 84, I think it was Pan Rising, I think. And then from that time, Pan Rising, again, like like with Incognito, I was there every year for, I don't know, 10, 12 years. Yeah, I, I definitely saw you in the 90s. I, on yeah, the chair. yeah. That well, one, you were like the drummer. Age, from mm. 84, 84, right, right, so all um, birthday party, um, breakdown, woman mm. is boss, feeling nice, you know, all, all those, you know. So, so as I say, however many years, I, I forget. I, I really must take a look and see all the songs I played. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you, need, you need to fill out you your discogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as I said, limited. you know, mm. Phase two is it, it was just a natural thing for me to play with them, mm-hmm. you know, because because of my cousins and, and also because a lot of the guys in the band I've known since kids. You know, mm-hmm. we played together in, in in Hamilton Street, you know, in the bush. I used to be bush, the river there, the dry mm-hmm. river. We used to be all there playing, messing around. So so it's the most natural thing because at one point um, I was getting offers to go and play with other bands, Despers, mm-hmm. but I. I Point blank said no, 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 no. Mm. Because you know, at phase two, I'm at home anywhere else. I'm a fish out of water. You know, it's, yeah, you, musically you could do it, but you know, mm. I thought, no, no, it's just pure. That's my home. Phase two, and obviously, when I love Bugsy's arrangement too, yeah. you know, it is his phrasing is kind of natural to me. You know, whereas I might listen to some other phrasing with some other band, and it's not my kind of phrasing. You know what I mean? So, you know, again, just preference. You know? Who arranges the drums on a, on a steel band? In a steel band performance, it's, he plays up well, a melody for you, and then you sit down and jam it. How does that no, develop? No, the, the drum, the drummer arranges most of his parts. Well, okay. all those years, no one told me anything. I mean, if if they want a specific thing or a stop, then they'll, they'll say, "Yeah, we have to stop here" or or mm. something like that. But actually, what you play, and no, mm. no, no one, no one ever said anything. You know. Okay. You just you just feel it and make it up. You hear as a drummer, you hear what you I mean, each drummer will do the same. They hear how much they whether you put a shot or whether you play straight or clean, you know, mm-hmm. that's your choice. You know. Mm-hmm. And unless it's orchestrated parts where you play with, with the rest of the rhythm section. Mm-hmm. So have you ever played with a big band? I mean a, a kind of traditional big band of horns, or it's just combos and um, sleep band? Yeah, but not a lot. Not a lot. I've played with um the Brotherhood of Breath, Chris McGregor's Brotherhood of Breath. I've done a mm-hmm. few gigs with them, which is a big band, brass band. Okay. Upright double bass and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, that's something I'd like to do. But again, you know, the people, all the people that do that, they all read. They get their charts on the ground, they read and follow yeah. charts. So, you mm-hmm. know, I'd have to, you know, go and befriend an orchestra or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who you know and who knows you? Give me a knock, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everybody knows you, but then the question is who you know kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I, that, that, that brotherhood, as you mentioned, of, of Bugsy, I guess, Robert, Annie's, and that Woodbrook connection, in a sense. Mm-hmm. That was an era to me that I, because I've been studying this thing called Caribbean, Kaiso jazz, Caribbean jazz for yeah, yeah, a yeah. number of years. And out of that developed, as of course, Boogsy, the Boothmans, the Baileys, yeah, Annie's, yeah. and others, right? And Raph Robertson, I can't forget him. Raph Robertson. Um, that, Clive, that, Zander. Clive Zander. Well, Clive Zander, I, I would even suggest that he may have been like a generation before you, because he literally yeah, was yeah, 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 started yeah, yeah. in the success as it mm. was 
explain this thing already. Mm. But one of the things that came out of that was like almost like a development of a new genre, quote unquote, of music, mm. a kind of evolution of this kind of kaiso jazz. Yeah, yeah. So I recognize that kind of brotherhood that you speak about yourself and, and Rich and Ro- Robert and Anis and Boogsy mm. and that kind of stuff. I guess, not I guess, you, of course, had migrated at that, at that point and were working and living in mm. England and that kind of stuff. Do you see that kind of develop? How do you see the music or that kind of music in the UK system? Or is it very niche? I mean, very, very niche. You only have a few listeners. Or do they, is it that people are insistent play either acid jazz or play funk and they're not willing to listen to your kind of music? No, people listen to it. It's just a, the, the choice now. It's like even me. What, what music do I listen to? I could just go online and I can... You know, wherever in the world, I could go anywhere and listen to whatever I want mm. to, whether mm. it's Latin, you know, whether it's Indian music, African. So people just have that choice, you mm. know, and and the scene for this kind of music is not is not so big. So you have to sort of create it yourself. As I said, a mm. lot of the bands up there, they create their scene. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, there's a few gigs you can do. There's, but you know, and also these genres crossover. So you could play a jazz club, you could play this club, you could play mm-hmm. that. But a lot of the, the stuff that's really successful, as I say, they they build a niche on on social media. They have mm-hmm. their following. They putting out constantly, putting out on Spotify. Not that they making money, but they promoting and they gigging. Maybe they are selling on the gigs. So as I say, that's a whole different kettle of fish. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can go and hear music. But as I said, I heard, I mean, I won't call names because I don't like to mention names, but someone's telling me a major artist from the mm-hmm. Caribbean, I mean, major mm-hmm. jazz player was doing a show and, and they, they had, they're reducing the tickets right down the prices because I said, well, why are they doing that? Is it because there's not enough people in there? What? So I didn't know. So wow. as I said, it's just, you know, music and pe- people don't want to spend money. You know, if they, if they can listen to music free, if you, you can, I can go on YouTube now and, and put in. A, I want to see McCoy Tanner live somewhere. Brap, I could mm. and I can watch McCoy Tanner live. Yeah. Been George with whoever. Cost mm. nothing. I, it, so one people, one of the things music has moved, as they say, from from an experience to like background music. So it's almost yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's, you you're doing yeah. something. I know there's music playing in the background, whereas yeah. the experience is never live experience. You're part of that experience and that exchange. Well, and, that's why for me that has become so much more precious now. Mm. That live experience, even even if you play, even if it's a small audience, that energy and exchange is so much more precious now than before, mm. you know. Mm. And as I said, people do appreciate it. They do come out. They they come out and think, you know, you know. Well, first we play every Tuesday. We play the Tabernacle. People love it. They come out. They love music, you know. That, that that's not original music, but it's free music. It's people playing and just mm. enjoying, you know. Where, so, where is it? Tab- is it a major the, jazz club or a major club or something? No, there? no. It, it it's it's a hub. It's a hub. Um, Trinidadian West Indian Community Hub, where um, it's a church basically, an old mm-hmm. church in in Labra Grove, Notting mm-hmm. Hill Gate, mm-hmm. and um, it's been there for years. I used to rehearse as a kid with with bands, various bands, and it's it's always been a community center. But it's been mm-hmm. done up. It, it's it's been done up. So it, there's a theater there, there's a restaurant, there's a bar, there's a studio, there's um art galleries. Wow, and um. Real um, center, community man, center. Yeah, man, Mangrove, the steel band, that's their base. Their base there. So they oh, rehearse there and, and practice okay. there. Mm-hmm. So and, and the manager, the drummer, um, well, manager, he's drummer, Matthew Phillips. He's also the um CEO of the Nottingham Carnival. He manages the tabernacle. 
Gotcha. So, so it's, it's a hub, as I say, it's been there for years. West mm. Indian, you come there, you get roti, mm. you know, whatever. Food, whatever sometimes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Play and you, st- and you say you're still, you're still part of that scene at Tabernacle performing. But yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, we play there every Tuesday. We do. That's where I'm playing pan. I prepare pan there every Tuesday. So your yeah, little, your you group, a little, your little pan side? No, it's, 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 just, it's just a get-together. It's called Tabernacle. Mm collective mm. or crew or whatever okay so you know we just start we started years ago you know again we started you know the one two people in the audience <laughs> you know you play you <laughs> do it start somewhere people. well actually cameron pear started that as well cool. cameron pear was he was one of the original in the early days he's not there now he's now living in dominica he's back home in dominica yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but he he was one of the originals on that tabernacle crew where he started and played and then but now we build it up as every week is it's, it's, it's a place to go it's a good crowd you know mm-hmm. nice nice drinks trinidad rum trinidad beer food mm-hmm. you know so that's really cool and the, the whole community is there from from babies to grandmas great you know, mm-hmm. you, you get the whole community there. They, they, they left, nice the, rest, yeah. the rest of the Windwash generation and, and all the, the yeah, 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 yeah. And the new, yeah. yep, yeah. That's, and all that's the really friends, cool. friends and things. Yeah, yeah. And it's a nice place. Good, good place. That's really cool to understand. As I said, um, well, Richard, one of the things that, um, as I said, I'm very happy to speak to you because I'm being a fan of the records, Fire Dance. Mm. Fire yeah, Dance yeah. Is, is a rare record to get into. Yeah, yeah. You know, also, I stopped again. All that stuff was available for download mm. and thing, mm. but I stopped. I've, I've taken them down. You've taken so, them so down. Of them, well, not taking them there. Yeah, they, they, they won't be available because I'm going to find different ways of getting them out there. You know, well, so instead of Spotify and Apple mm. and all that, you know, so. because because um, so and then well, and put out new stuff. You know, yeah. Well, so. I, I'm I'm also a fan of this idea of archiving, so that because I think I heard Miaro as a track from Firelands, yeah, but yeah. not nothing else. And I remember asking you in person, and it's mm. I call it the red album or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, now that you're saying that you taken you've taken it down from digital platforms, well, it's your choice, and I'm not going to deny what you have to say. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I just want to make a uh, an appeal to you that people are keen to hear music, whether it was recorded in 1970s or present. The yeah, economics yeah. and of to make a CD or to make a, a, a vinyl because vinyl is very hot now. That's a whole other topic. But yeah, but again, that's a whole collect where some people are doing really well with vinyl. Again, you have the mm-hmm. right, but not also here it takes apparently it takes a year to, to do a pressing. You have to book it. So well, Blim Taylor Swift and Adele for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're producing millions and millions of copies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, but the idea of having access to even if me not not I wouldn't necessarily put it on YouTube, but anyhow, that's a whole topic for another conversation. I would really, as me as a fan. I'd love to get copies of the tracks yeah, and yeah, yeah. work out some way that it can be distributed in markets in in, in separate markets as opposed to like yeah, selling yeah. it from England. Have have copies available so that the yeah, Caribbean yeah, market yeah. can hear it because you're an original player and an original writer, and we've recognized this. And clearly, on Shanti, which had all that that range of rhythms and music, yeah, yeah. we recognize it very important, an important part of that generation that came after Schofield and, and Zander, that included yeah, yourself yeah. and Robert and and Raf and Annie's mm-hmm. and the Boothmans that developed and evolved what I call Caribbean jazz or even Kaiso jazz. Because although you have elements of of all your your, your influences from before, from rock to, to reggae. And beyond, yeah, no, it's definitely Caribbean, De- definitely. Yeah, but your definitely your heart and soul Caribbean. is in the Caribbean, so yeah, definitely. I could only 
appeal yeah. to you that make it available. But as I said, yeah, well, it, that it, is it, what it, it is. Somehow, and some yeah. new stuff. I mean, we played Mayor Rodham. Um, we did one, and I wouldn't know which year, but what was it? Pan, Panas, one of those. Panas is there. Panas was a yeah, band yeah, jazz I did that with, with Rafa and Arthur's, and we, we played Mayor on one of those. Jazzans. 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 Jazzans, yes, with Anis yeah, yeah. and Rafa. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, you know, coming, coming back to this band thing, although I started my music mm-hmm. in, in Trinidad, mm-hmm. My life journey, you know, it's 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 funny how life is connected. But the first music I remember hearing ever, mm-hmm. and this was in Guyana, is pan music, steel band. Wow, Didn't right? Know that. But yeah. check check this check this connection out. Pan music because some some band came and played outside our house for dad. Some I don't know what it was. It was early morning, but that is the first my first memory of any music ever is this steel band playing outside the house in the morning. Mm. Right, my first memory of music when I moved to Trinidad is Steel Pan again, and that is Juve morning walking down Tragaridge Road to find Invaders, there and 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 you hear the chip coming down the road, and the ants can't. It's most probably Nickabess <laughs> back in them days, yeah. right? Who I played with with Phase Two, you know. Mm. So, so Invaders was my band as a kid. I played mass with Invaders without my father knowing when I was again about ten years old. <laughs> Right, went over the stage, you know, and then to come back and then play with phase two, which is a, a connection to invaders and Starlift and all well, the Woodbrook connection, yeah, that was shows connection, you, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That so all my life somehow been connected to Pan, even though I didn't play it all my life with them, but somehow that's the music I've heard and wherever, you know, it's just for me, it's an interesting connection. <laughs> it is, it is yeah, an yeah. important connection, and um. It, it kind of defines, as I said, that, that Woodbrook connection, as you called it, they kind of yeah, yeah. was part of an evolution of, of the music that we had created here. More poverty for that. Um, yeah, yeah, and, I'm, and I'm and happy that I'm aware that you, you did that and you never strayed very far from your roots and then. Um, one of the things that we've been mentioning, your father, your father, your father, I don't want to necessarily mm. make this about him, but I do mm. recognize your father's McDonald Bailey Olympic, Olympic yeah, runner. Yeah, yeah. But one of the critical things that he did was he was a kind of instigator of the sport aid, which was a kind of spin-off yeah, of live yeah, aid. Yeah, 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 and yeah. they brought Billy Ocean and Aswad yeah, yeah. to Trinidad. <laughs> did you play with Billy at that concert? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It rained. I, I played, I played Pan as well on that. <laughs> on that gig, yeah. it <laughs> rained, <laughs> it rained, it rained. and nearly destroyed the plane at the stadium, yeah, National yeah. Stadium. But um, you've, and as you say, your father was also a manager of your first band. So mm-hmm. father's play an well, important role because yeah, both yeah, well, said he, the same he thing. Part of that, that whole sport, they think he was part and mm-hmm. parcel of putting that all together. Yeah, yeah. yeah that so, um, Michael Boothman said similarly. His father was a manager of his band. Yeah, all of it. So, yeah, the, yeah, so yeah. the the whole notion of the family and that kind of circular connection keeps coming back and thing. All right. Um. All right. Yes. Yeah, so I know that you've. You're still making music. You, of course, you're still playing and performing and yeah, yeah. with with mm-hmm. famous Steve Unwood and I'm, I'm thinking Jeff Beck and others. As we've said, we've you've done work on sessions and recordings with everybody: Billy Ocean, Johnny Nash. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not playing with a band you might know, Simande. You know, Simande. Yes, Simande. Yeah, I'm playing yeah. with them now. Right Guyanese, now, Guyanese brothers yeah, 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 for the yeah, four months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, too, too. I'm the, the bass player and guitar is both from Guyana, I think. You know? yeah, so, that, so, yeah, I've been touring, I've been recording with them and touring. We just did some gigs in America. And, uh, that, thanks for saying that because that takes my yeah, conversations yeah, yeah. further. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the things that, uh, as I said, we, we did mention your brother Robert, one of the founders of OCB, sir. Mm-hmm. And there was a period sitting in the early 70s I, when I was a, but 
12, 12, 13, Devel Cock on our radio station here in Trinidad and Tobago would play music of both Simon and then OCB. So, yeah, yeah, make that yeah. connection to the Caribbean, which is so important yeah, for yeah, my yeah. learning ears. And um, well, I'm happy to know that you're also part yeah, of that yeah, connection yeah, coming yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yep, yep. So, we're keeping that going, you know, at yeah. West Indian Funk. The Caribbean connection is strong and it just doesn't go anywhere. I'm yeah, very happy yeah, to know yeah, this, yeah, right? Yeah. Very happy yeah, to know so. this. Well, Richard Bailey, drummer to the stars, musician in his own right, mm-hmm. recording artist, songwriter, famously, um, with everybody, including his, his <laughs> own band, Gonzalez Incognito, and his own band's breakfast band, Batty Mamzel, and a solo artist in his own right. You're based in England now. Do you ever come back to the Caribbean for these long stretches of time? Or just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still do, but this fitting in with work. I was planning to come now, just mm. Christmas time, but then there's office of work and recording with some with some man there. We, we, mm. um, we play now, we're doing a jazz, one of those jazz cruises in February from okay. Miami. And mm. then over here, some recording in January. So so that puts it off, you know what I mean? So, But mm. I'll, I'll still try and come. You know, yeah, and we can't convince point, it. We can't you know, convince yeah. it to go back and record and release no music yeah yeah, yeah, yeah no no that, that's coming slowly as i said i'll send you a track i'll send you <laughs> right, yeah. some new stuff there's some new stuff as well i um, appreciate that and i and i thank you coming. for that All right, <laughs> no see. problem that's because it, i, I really it. not a problem i just really want to make sure that the music doesn't go away you're not dead you're still yeah, yeah, creating yeah. and i want no, 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 audiences no. that won't that won't stop that won't wonderful stop.
So as I said, Richard Bailey, thank you for this conversation, and I hope you It's continue talking. Yeah, and, man. Um, hopefully, see you soon. <laughs> definitely, right? Thanks for being part of Island Jazz. Yeah, yeah. I am yeah, Nigel no Campbell. Problem. He is Richard Bailey. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>